This past Wednesday, I shared with you all something that our um, district superintendent of the Assemblies of God here, amen, uh, actually specifically down in Lakeland, Florida, uh, shared during a minister's meeting on last week, Wednesday, and uh, excuse me, last week, Monday, this past Monday, and the, the word that he shared, uh, two words that he gave, uh, in, in the time that we had together as he was ministering to the ministers, um, two words were values and attitudes. And I thought to myself, let me, let me go ahead, usually I open up a message with, uh, with a uh, reading from the word, but before I read from the word, just some, just some thoughts and some uh, little introduction I want to give you. Uh, the title is called A Lasting Impact. I'll give you that, amen, A Lasting Impact. That's what we want to have. We want to have a lasting impact in this walk, in this faith that we have. And I want to give you, I, want to give you, um, I guess, Webster's definition for values and then the word attitude. And then I want to give you my definition, abbreviated, amen? And, and you don't have to write both different definitions, but you could, you know, or put it in your own words as you hear it, amen, and the way you interpret this. And if you need to abbreviate it for yourself, so be it. If you want to write the whole thing, then so be it as well. But values as defined, amen, by our dictionary, values are a person's principles or standards of behavior, values, a person's principles or standards of behavior, one's judgment of what is important in life. Amen. Those are values. I'll say it one more time. Values are a person's principles or standards of behavior, one's judgment of what is important in life. My definition, my personal definition as I read that was values are simply unchanging principles established to guide someone's life. Unchanging principles established to guide someone's life. Attitude is defined this way by Webster, a way of thinking or feeling about someone or something typically one that is reflected in a person's behavior. I'll read it again. Attitude is a way of thinking or feeling. You know, we've talked about people and their feelings, right? People live off their feelings. You gotta be careful. As people of character, not to live off of your feelings. Feelings come and go. Amen. A way of thinking or feeling about someone or something, typically one that is reflected in a person's behavior. And in my definition for attitudes are think, uh, how we think or feel towards values or established principles. Praise God. You all heard, heard it said on this past Wednesday that we were not, uh, when we talk about values, the values are consistent. What changes are our attitudes toward those values. The values that are established, especially in the kingdom, are the same values that were the values of the kingdom when you were 16, when you were 10. Those values haven't changed. Maybe your attitude has changed. 
concerning those values, whether for the good or for the bad. It's all dependent on where you have allowed your attitude to be concerning the values. The reason that people are still drawn or attracted to the idea of Jesus is because of more than the fact that he could do miracles. He could do miracles, so they were drawn to him. But ultimately, they are drawn to him, the ones who actually make the decision for Christ, they are drawn to him because of his value system. That's why you really can't get them off of your mind. That's why the backslider cannot be comfortable dancing in the club 100%. That's why they cannot sin without being uh, uh, aggrieved. Because they know the value system of Christ. And they had tasted and they had seen. They know what it is. And so that's why they are having this conflict. Because their attitude changed towards his value system. The reason that there is a segment of the population that resists or even abhors, abhor means to hate. Right. And there, the reason that there is a segment of the population that resists or even abhors Jesus is because of their attitude towards his value system. It is not that there is anything wrong with his system, but there is something wrong with their attitude. What is amazing is the fact that many want the benefits of the system right. without the system itself. Many people want fragments and pieces of that value system without having to accept the whole thing. Because if they accept the full counsel of the value system of Jesus, it will require surrender. And that means that their attitude will be touched. And if their attitude is touched, then they will become emboldened to tell somebody about what the Lord has done. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. I'm doing like my wife. I'm taking my time. Amen. <laughs> She's good. That is why you have friends and family talking to you about not yet. I ain't ready or go somewhere with all that because it begins to prick them and work in them because they know full well without verbalizing it. They don't want to verbalize it because the moment they verbalize it, they have to internalize it. And so they have to act upon it. So they hear the voice in their head that says, this is good for me. This is beneficial for me. This value system is everything I need, but I ain't going to say it. Because if I say it, then I have to act on it. As a matter of fact, there is a world system. There's a, I'm talking about another system now. There is a world system at odds with this value system. The world system that we are living in, but we are not of, of which is extremely comfortable with the idea of broken people who are living bound with shackles and chains. Mm -hmm. Now let's take you to the text. Go to Mark 5. Bless the Lord. 
if you appreciate his value system, say amen. 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 That's right. Mark 5. Love this story. If you have it, say amen. 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 Here we go. Then they came to the other side of the sea, to the country of the Gadarenes. And when he came out of the boat, immediately there met him out of the boat, of, excuse me, out of the tombs, a man with an unclean spirit who had his dwelling among the tombs and no one could bind him, not even with chains, because he had often been bound with shackles and chains. And the chains had been pulled apart by him, and the shackles broken in pieces. Neither could anyone tame him. And always, night and day, he was in the mountains and in the tombs, crying out and cutting himself with stones. When he saw Jesus from afar, he ran and worshipped him. And he cried out with a loud voice and said, What have I to do with you, Jesus, Son of the Most High God? I implore you by God that you do not torment me. For he said to him, Come out of the man, unclean spirit. Then he asked him, What is your name? And he answered, saying, My name is Legion, for we are many. Also, he begged him earnestly that he would not send them out of the country. Now a large herd of swine was feeding there near the mountains. So all the demons begged him, saying, Send us to the swine, that we may enter them. And at once Jesus gave them permission and entered the swine. There were about 2,000, remember that number, and the herd ran violently down the steep place into the sea and drowned in the sea. So those who fed the swine, uh, fed the swine, fled, and they told it in the city and in the country. And they went out to see what it was that had happened. Then they came to Jesus and saw the one who had been demon possessed and had the legion sitting and clothed and what? In his right mind. In his right mind, and they were afraid. afraid. <laughs> I love it. And those who saw it told them how it happened to him who had been demon possessed, and about the swine. They had to include the swine. Yeah. Then they began to plead with him to depart from their region. And when he got into the boat, he who had been demon possessed begged him that he might be with him. However, Jesus did not allow it, but said to him, go to your friends and tell them what great things the Lord has done for you and how he had compassion on you. And he departed and began to proclaim in Decapolis all that Jesus had done for him and all marvel. Hallelujah. When you have been impacted by his value system, you cannot deny, hallelujah, its authenticity. You can't deny the power. You can't deny the fact that grace is at work. And mercy, hallelujah, has been poured out. He actually begged Jesus. 
Let me come with you, please. Let me cross over to the other side. Now that you gave me this honor of coming to our side of the sea, let me get on the boat with you and go. And Jesus said no, because he was able to do as much for him far away as he was able to do for him very close, in close proximity. Amen. We are so used to seeing a perverse and a decadent society that it is strange and foreign to us when we see somebody's life transformed by the value system of Jesus. Amen. Mm -hmm. We're so used to seeing brokenness and decadence and wickedness and perversion that when we see Jesus, hallelujah, turn somebody around radically, we're like, what's going on? Even the Christians are like that. Not the believers, but those who call themselves Christians. The case in the text was more extreme than most. But the people of that region became accustomed. That's the problem. They became accustomed to seeing the crazy naked man running around the mountains and running around the graveyard. They weren't interested, hallelujah, in him dancing in the garden. Hallelujah. They became accustomed to the crazy naked man in the mountains and the tombs. The people were used to seeing him cut up by his own hands. You know, they talk about young people, and not only young people, but there's some folks who cut themselves. Amen? That originates out of idol worship. You remember when Elijah was on the mountain, amen? Mount uh, Carmel, amen? And then when he was on Mount Carmel, the idol worshipers of Baal, amen, were cutting themselves, trying to get the attention of their God. And so today that has morphed because one of the things that uh, uh, the new, this new saved person who I talked to, my dad, uh, Mr. <laughs> digging in the word and, and researching, he said, he, he brought up to me, Pete, you will never really hear people say, I worship the devil. You, 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 you almost will never hear that. Even, even those who are part of the temple of Satan don't worship Satan verbally. Listen to this. They worship the God of self. They worship the God of self. I'm doing me. When you say you are doing you, you are worshiping you, Satan. Did you know that? When you are doing you, you're actually saying I'm doing Satan. Because Satan, if you remember throughout the Old Testament, Amen. There, uh, there was the prophet Isaiah. I don't have the text for you because Holy Spirit just deposited this in my in my spirit right now. But but there was a moment when he told God, "I will exalt myself above the stars of God." That was Satan doing him. So every time you do you, you're doing Satan. But don't nobody want to say I'm worshiping. Say it. Nobody wants to say that they are worshiping. Say it. So they say, I'm doing me. So next time you say you're doing, you are saying you're doing. Oh, not everybody's saying it with me because it doesn't sound good. But the moment you say it, you will begin to get a realization. Okay, I'm not going to go there. I already went there. So I'm going to go walking around talking about I'm doing me. 
Because you're not just doing you, you're doing Satan. That's right. That's right. Awesome. Hallelujah. So, you, so you, you found what? I said, wake us up. Wake us up. Amen. Woke. You, oh, you woke. There you go. Now you woke. W-O-K-E. Now I just outwoke you. But your newfound brother in South Carolina, amen, he, he gave me that title recently uh, when he gave me a little brief Bible study over the phone, and he said, that's what people are actually saying. Yeah. Wow. And I said, that is deep. Wow. So we got to be mindful, because when we exalt world, flesh, or devil, that's right. yeah. it ultimately leads to that source, amen. the originator of Pride, because when I do me, I'm actually doing pride. And pride doesn't come from God. God resists the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. That's why we are in awe every time we see someone who has been humble slowly become exalted. Because they humbled themselves under the mighty hand of God, and God raised them up. Hallelujah. What a beautiful thing. Hallelujah. Let's get back to this. The people were used to seeing this man cut up. Amen. By his own hands. And by this point, they had already given up hope on him. They had given up hope. The demons that tormented him knew who Jesus was. But the villagers' attitude was unprepared for the day of visitation. We got to be ready with our attitude when we come into the house. Because if we have the right attitude when we come into the house, we'll be more prepared for the day of visitation. Amen. Because when he comes in here in such a way that even the ministers cannot minister, mm -hmm. hallelujah, then we're already prepared. That even if the man, hallelujah, doesn't say a word, mm -hmm. God is still speaking. Right. Amen. 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 Their apathy in this region, hallelujah, of the Gadarenes that we just read in verse 1, it mentions the country of the Gadarenes. Their apathy and complacency set them up for something that would astonish them. Mm -hmm. It was going to astonish them. Mm -hmm. That is where many people, including some of the body of Christ, are. The value system of our God has not changed. Our attitudes, though, regarding the values of the kingdom have changed. Since the people were not prepared or caught off guard when Jesus showed up and got off that boat, they had to make some immediate decisions. I, I don't like to be caught off guard and have to figure out, okay, now we got to do this. But that's exactly what happened to them. They were caught off guard and they had to make some decisions real quick. They knew that if they made a decision for him, then it would require an effort on Jesus impacted them in three powerful ways. In short order, I'll give you the three ways. Amen, if you make your notes. There was a spiritual impact there was a societal impact, an impact on a societal level as a society, and there was even an economic impact. Mm -hmm. The first one, the spiritual impact. They were immediately challenged to hold him in high regard because no one mm -hmm. that they knew, no one in that city, no one in that region, 
could deny that that crazy naked man was now clothed and in his right mind. And verse 15 adds, look at what verse 15 says. Then they came to Jesus and saw the one who had been demon-possessed and had the legion sitting and clothed and in his right mind. And they were afraid. That's my favorite part of that verse. <laughs> they were afraid. They were afraid. You're okay with old buck naked man running across the street yep. looking crazy. You're fine with that. But the minute that homeboy puts on a Louis Vuitton and is sitting down and in his right mind, you're afraid. You are totally comfortable with the world as it is, with people acting the fool and running around, losing their mind. But the minute that Jesus shows up and touches them, or calls them out, or speaks to the devil inside of them, hallelujah, and cast that demon out, all of a sudden you get afraid. Because you've been comfortable with the form of godliness. You've been comfortable with, with what looks like God. But the minute, hallelujah, he doesn't operate like you operate, the minute he doesn't run according to the schedule and the itinerary that you are accustomed to seeing all these years, look, look how church was that day. He got off the boat. He didn't even have time to step into his office and do any prep. Hallelujah. He just got off the boat. An old crazy naked, butt naked legion man comes here to him. And church started right there. Right. Service started on the spot. Hallelujah. And he wasn't caught off guard because seldom would you read in the scripture that Jesus did a corporate prayer. He was always praying in the middle of the night. He was always preparing his spirit before he got to where he needed to be. So that when it was time to act, he did what he needed to do. Hallelujah. But we, hallelujah, are used to coming to the house and then let's prepare our spirit. Mm -hmm. Then let's uh, let's get let's let's calm ourselves down and, and get all neat and clean for Jesus. All right, Lord, now I'm ready. But he was already gotten ready. And he said, I, I know what's coming. And I ain't got time for foolishness. Amen. Hallelujah. So we're going to get some people in their right mind. Right. And that's what we've come to do in the house of God today. Hallelujah. Because you may not be crazy but naked running across the street publicly, externally, but on the inside there's some chaos. There's something on the inside running around and that needs to calm down and sit down, Felicia. But some people are just comfortable. Just, hey, okay, there he goes again. Yep. Oh, well, I got to go to the store. I'll, just, I'll see him when I come back. And then they come back to the city and they see him. And they thought they were going to see what they had always saw. Yeah. Uh, seen. Right. Saw him. There you go. They thought they were going to see what they had always saw him. Excuse me. There you go. All right. Y'all permit me, right? Okay. All right. Say W-A. All right, we're just going to let that ride. Add it to your dictionary. And they came back from the store. They got the, everything they needed, all the ingredients they needed, because they were going to put a roast, amen, over the fire. And here they come, coming back to town. And they see this man clothed 
and in his right mind. Nobody was ever able to talk to him. And here he is. Just calm, cool, collected. He's just chilling while Jesus is ministering to the people. And he's just talking there, and they got a little circle going on. And everybody was afraid. This was a different kind of fear when they saw it. This was an awe-inspiring, godly fear. Because they got this unfamiliar man who's standing next to the man who's now in his right mind. Clothed and in his right mind. This was not a Rona fear. Y'all know what the Rona fear is, right? Yeah. This wasn't, oh, this wasn't any of that. This was not a Rona fear. This was an awe of, wow, uh, I have never seen this before. What is this? This was a holy fear. This is the only fear that you should have. That's right. Church. That's right. We, we use wisdom. We walk in wisdom. We walk in grace. But we are not to be afraid of anything. But we ought to have a holy fear of reverence. Because something has happened. And it's something magnificent in our eyes. And it was the Lord. For a time, the people must have been lost for words. I can imagine that they just dropped their grocery bag. And they just walked around. And they said, what? And they're looking at each other. Because they were okay with him doing what he was doing. But immediately, they were individually challenged to accept the power and the deity of the Son of God. For he had just done something that no one else could do. This was the spiritual impact on a personal level for all the witnesses. This is why he told his disciples and he spoke to this generation that we're living in. He says, these signs shall follow they that believe. Not just those who are given the title, but those who actually believe what the title signifies. That's right. Hallelujah. A Christian is supposed to be a believer. That's the emphasis of the message. Hallelujah. If you are that, then you are to believe. Amen. You're not going to chase after signs and wonders. Come on. But when you see some craziness and some foolishness, yeah. hallelujah, there ought to be some power on the inside right, of you. Right, right. Hallelujah. That impacts right, right. those around you. Amen. Praise God. So it was supposed to be, number one, a personal spiritual impact on each and every one of those people. The second one, a societal impact. Amen. We're just going straight for the target today because we're going to bless our children in just a little bit. A societal impact. As a society, were the gathering people ready? Were they ready to accept and adopt the full counsel of Jesus Christ? Were they, were they filled with such an awe that their paradigm was ready to shift? Were they ready to make a shift as a people? Not just individually, because you had the, you had the individual realization. That there was a spiritual impact on each and every person who saw what happened. But then on a, a, a societal level, 
Were they ready to make a shift? This is a reminder to us of the cost of discipleship. The commentators tell us that the people of that region had gone astray in their idolatry. And Jesus just challenged everything that they thought about their false gods. It was just like in the Old Testament when Dagon was on his face. When the Ark of the Covenant of God was right there in the same room. Jesus just made all of their idolatry fall on his face. Hallelujah. Everything that they believed was now shaken. He said, if it can be shaken, it will be shaken. That's why there's a shaking happening right now. Because there is no one, nothing, hallelujah, no establishment that is greater than our God. Hallelujah. Come on, give him a round of applause. Jesus just challenged everything that they believed. As a society where they feel with a desire to keep Jesus there just a little longer with them so they could learn more about who he was. The question that we have as a society today is whether or not Jesus is given space to impact our people and our culture. At a lot of universities, uh, on the university grounds, they have this term now that's expressed as safe space. Amen. There is no safe space with Jesus. You need to get out of the way if you're concerned about safety for your ideology and what you think and what you believe. Because he said if it can be shaken, it will be shaken. His ideology matters more, hallelujah, than anyone else's. Amen. Hallelujah. Number three, one of my favorite uh, parts of this is the economic impact. You might be like, why would you call this your favorite? Because if you can read between the lines, you see that Jesus made a big economic impact in that region. Yes, he, did. he did it in the temple. Y'all remember he did it in the temple? Yeah. This is the obvious topic in the text because you know that people are funny about their money. money. <laughs> they are funny. In this region of Israel, the people raised swine for business. Amen. It wasn't just uh, luxury. It wasn't just a pleasure. Oh, okay, let's just get a few extra beans. And if you consider what was going on, obviously, it wasn't something, uh, according to Jewish tradition and Jewish law, uh, something that was um, uh, in accordance with the law that they were doing. Right. So that's how we know it. That's how we gather that they were actually going astray in their idolatry at the time. Amen. It doesn't mean that you can't have your ribs. I know you're looking at me funny. Calm down. Everything in moderation. Somebody say amen. 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 Today, a 150-pound hog for sale will gain a farmer about $600. Okay, 150-pound hog. If there were, look, look what it said in parentheses there. Go back to verse 13. And at once, Jesus gave them permission. Who? Legion, Legion, right? Mm -hmm. Then the, he gave them permission because they were looking. They didn't. Let, let, uh, let's go back to verse ten. Let me let me let me retract here. Let me regress. Excuse me a little bit. Um, verse ten. Also, he begged him earnestly. This is the demon inside of the man. The demon named, named Legion, for they were many. He begged him earnestly that he would not send them out of the country. That's an interesting statement that made me do a little bit further research, and it made me. Uh, uh, say, you know, what is it, wh why would the demon uh, beg not to leave the country 
you know, because there was already a lot of idolatry, a lot of investment that the demon had already made mm -hmm. in that society. The demon had already had a lot of societal impact. And as the demon has that, that impact on the society, he said, please, please, because demon love dry, de demons love dry places. Amen. Dry places are places, praise God, where the, where the seed of God's word, amen, is not uh, uh, deeply and profoundly planted. And that influence of wickedness was already there in that region. And then the demons also knew and understood that their, uh, uh, their, their, their ultimate habitation is going to be the lake of fire. And then the, the scripture talks about the bottomless pit. And, and the demon was just like, I don't want, we, have you come to torture us before our day? You remember what it just said a little prior to that? And, and Jesus is, is here uh, listening to the request of this devil. And it's interesting because he allows something to happen. Verse 11, now a large herd of swine was feeding there near the mountains so that you and I would know. So all the demons inside of this man begged him, saying, send us to the swine that we may enter them. And at once Jesus gave them permission. Then the unclean spirit went, spirits went out and entered the swine. There were about how many? Two thousand. Two thousand. So the math is like this. If you take the number $600 times 2,000, that's $1.2 million dollars that ran off the edge of the cliff. <laughs> and so the people who were feeding the swine, who were feeding the swine, they're not feeding the swine anymore because the swine are now gone. <laughs> Hallelujah. Somebody say, our God does great things. Our God does great things. Hallelujah. All those ribs. <laughs> All those, all those pulled pork sandwiches, bacon, bacon, hallelujah, whole roast, drowned in an instant. When Jesus gave those demons permission, <laughs> when he gave them their desire, you with me, JB? <laughs> JB sitting there crying. He's like. <laughs> He's like, what a heartbreak. He's like, all that waste. All of it was gone. And God is still good. He'll take some things away that's your favorite. True. <laughs> Jesus gave those demons their desire, and the whole city must have felt like they were dreaming. They, they must have been disoriented for a moment. Talking about, am I, I, what, what? Where's the food? It's gone. All of a sudden, their stock went to zero. And they did not know what to think. Their love for money could have very well blinded them from realizing that a miracle had just taken place. They got, they got old Joe sitting here in his right mind. And he's happy as can be. But they saw him. But then they didn't see something else. And they heard about it and they said, something just happened. Jesus showed up. He will flip tables if he has to. Somebody lift up one hand. Say, God, if you got to bust it up. Come on, don't be shy. 
Say, God, if you got to bust it up, bust it up. Shake it up. Do what you got to do. Because I want a miracle at the end of the day. Amen. Hallelujah. Did you mean it? Come on, give them a round of applause. Did you mention it? Hallelujah. Stay with me because we're, we're, we're going to build on this. This situation, it reminds me of Jesus messing up the economy of the money changers in the temple. Amen. Neither situation was about God destroying their income. Neither situation was about God destroying their income. Instead, it was time for them to look to the source, to the best source of income. Jesus wanted to be their source. He wanted to change their direction. He had been able to spend time. If he had been able to spend time with them, he would have been able to show them a better way. But they had no patience. They had no long suffering. They wanted everything now. That's why they had to hurry up and get him out of the city. Because if he stayed in the city, he just might mess something else up. Ah. <laughs> why did Paul, hallelujah, have, have the situation he had in the book of Acts with the woman who had the demon on the inside of her who was a soothsayer? He busted up, hallelujah, her pimps situation because the, the I call him a pimp. He, the, 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 the one who ran the business. Hallelujah. He messed up the situation real quick. Hallelujah. Because he cast that devil out of her. Hallelujah. When you go into the enemy's camp, you mess with his money, he start acting funny. Hallelujah. He does. He gets all worked up, all upset. Because he goes about things in a corrupt fashion, in a corrupt way. Hallelujah. But these people, they had no patience. No patience, hallelujah, to take time to sit with him and learn about how he operates in the economic realm. We want so bad and so fast. Well, we want so, uh, excuse me, we want so bad and so fast that if we would just sit down with the Messiah, if we would sit down with the master, he would teach us a better way. Tell your, tell your neighbor there's a better way. There's a better way. There's a better way. There was a better way for the people, hallelujah, of this region. What the Lord wants to ultimately leave is a lasting impact. Hallelujah. Yeah, he wants to touch every area of your life. Amen. He, he, he really does. He wants to touch every area of my life because there is a better way. Amen. Praise God. We don't have to worry. We don't have to be anxious and afraid. Oh, my God. Well, what, what, what are we going to do? That's what happened right there. And the Bible said that these people, hallelujah, something happened to them. Verse 16 continues. Let's read that. And those who saw it told them how it happened to him who had been demon-possessed and about the swine. Then they began to plead. They begged Jesus to depart from their region. I don't know if any of you all are begging Jesus to leave. Mm. Did you hear what we just said? Mm -hmm. The people of the region begged him, pleaded with him, please leave. You're messing things up. 
Then they began to beg him, plead with him to depart from your region. Get back on your side of the, of the sea because, because you are messing up the way we operate. <laughs> they don't want him around right now in certain places. Yeah. Because anytime he gets up in there, he will bust it up if it ain't right. Hallelujah. And if our lives aren't right, and we say we love them, and we, we say, Lord, you can shake it and do whatever you please, he will come in, and he will shake you, because he loves you too much to leave you how you are. How often do we find that Jesus sat down with sinners, amen, the Bible says the publicans and the tax collectors, and he sat down with them to have a meal together. Don't be afraid to sit down with somebody who doesn't know Jesus. Sit down. Have a meal with them. Invite them. Praise God. Sit down and dine with them. And, 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 and express grace. And you cover the, cover the expense of that meal so that they can get an experience of what it's like to sit down with the believer because you can have more impact on them than they on you. I'm not telling you to get unequally yoked. Amen. I'm telling you to engage and do like Jesus did. Get with them, hallelujah, to influence them. That's what, that's what he wanted to do. But these people said, you got to leave now. Right now. You, you ever know that? Yeah, have you ever had that experience or that feeling when you were unwelcomed in a certain place? When you overstayed your welcome? And they started looking funny? And they started looking at their watch? And started thinking, okay, it's about time for you to go. And they go to their bedroom and they put on their pajamas. So that you can get the hint. Yeah. And you just keep on rolling. Keeping on with your conversation. But something happens along the way and you're like, oh, I get it. Excuse me. All right, and you're, and you, and you're all smooth about it too. You're a smooth operator. You, you try to play it cool, but you know full well, they're done. So you can leave. That's what happened right there. They told Jesus, bye. Right. Sometimes, not so much verbally, but by our actions, we tell Jesus, bye. Wow. <laughs> you can leave now. Mm -hmm. You're not allowed in this space mm. of my life. You're not allowed in this corner of what's going on yeah. in what I'm doing. Wow. I'm okay with you as long as you meet me at church. Mm -mm. But don't bother me after 3.30. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> or... Don't mess with me when I go out with my people. Right. Yeah. But we'll show up to the house and we'll say, okay, good to see you again, Jesus. <laughs> but don't come on this side of the sea. You got to go back on that side. All right. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Ouch. <laughs> we like and tolerate Jesus for a little while when it is convenient. When someone needs something right now. Because you're going to need something if you've never needed anything yet. There's going to be a day when you need something. And there's only one person you can call out to. And he's so good that even though you were faithless. He remained faithful. Long suffering. He saw you that you were okay with old buck naked man running across the street back and forth in front of your life, or the one internally acting the fool, going crazy, doing whatever. And all he wanted to do all that time was calm you down. Mm -hmm. Hallelujah. Make sure that you are good and in your right mind. Right. 
It's good to have them when it's convenient. But if it seems inconvenient, we don't want him in our region. We don't want him in our region too long because according to our perspective, he just might mess something up that is going according to our pleasure and our will. What God wants to do is touch every area of our life. Not to destroy your life. Not to destroy you. But to enhance your value. Because everything that the kingdom of God touches, it enhances. Anything that the kingdom of God touches, it will enhance. But if we keep it out of his view, you think you can keep it out of his view? Or at least try to keep out of his view. This only draws in mind. Tell your neighbor he wants to enhance you. He wants to enhance you. Hallelujah. Amen. Tell him he wants to enhance everything you touch. He wants to enhance everything you touch. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Bow your head right there. Lord, we love you. Hallelujah. Stephanie, if you could get our students. I'm about to wrap this up. Those who are on live stream, hallelujah, let them into your region. Those who are in the house, let him into every region. Every hidden place. Shine a light, Lord, on everything inside of me. Father God, hallelujah, when my flesh cries out for foolishness, and when I feel like doing me, remind me that doing me is actually doing the enemy. And remind me of how important it is to do Jesus. Of how important it is just to do relationship with you. That's all we want. That's ultimately all we need. Because you put everything in order. You establish everything. Hallelujah. Touch our very attitude towards your value system. Because your value system, hallelujah, is what this is all about. You wanted to bring to that region of the gatherings your value system. Hallelujah. Mature the house, Lord. Mature the people of God. In this time and in this season, let us grow, let us develop. Hallelujah. As we develop our own physical bodies, so let our spirit be developed and mature every day. If there's anyone under the sound of my voice that does not know Jesus as their personal Lord and Savior, today's a day of salvation. I'm going to have the people of the house repeat this prayer with me, and I want to invite anyone on this live stream or on this recording to repeat this prayer as well. Amen. This is a prayer of salvation and a prayer of reconciliation. And the Bible tells us these words, that if, praise God, hallelujah, we believe in our heart and confess with our mouth yeah. that God rose Jesus from the dead, then we shall be saved. Yes. Amen. So let's pray. Dear Lord, Dear Lord I come to you as I am. Recognizing my need for a Savior. I come 
Believing that Jesus died and rose from the dead for my salvation. Today I confess my sin and I repent. I ask you to come into my heart, be my Lord, and be my Savior. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Hallelujah. To God be the glory. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to God. All our children. Kids, if, if you guys could come towards the front for a moment. Praise God. Amen. We're going to, um, I just want them to take a seat for just a moment because I'm going to conclude this. And we want to thank those who are on, have been on live stream with us today. And we pray blessings for you. Amen. In the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Blessings. Amen. To each and every one.